This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. Where risk and faith meet. I want to talk today about where risks and faith meet, and how we walk the line between foolish for Christ and just foolish. Now, I'm not saying I have all the answers on where that line is, but I am saying we all need to ask the questions. And I think I've seen a pretty good indication of what those questions need to be. So faith by nature both starts from logic and then defies it. We can reason our way to many aspects of faith, and we can certainly talk intelligently about it. But there does come a point where logic says, play it safe, and faith says, take a risk and trust God. This is a crucial part of true faith, that letting go of our own understanding and flinging ourselves into the arms of Christ. He will ask each of us to do that at some point, or at many points. Honestly, I believe the more we do it, the more he invites us to do it, and the more he'll stretch out his hand and say, okay, good, now follow me here too. But I have never read where Christ asked the disciples or the apostles asked the early church to trust in him for their own convenience or for their own glory. I've never seen where he instructs us to assume God will make everything okay just so we can go out and seek our own will. No, he says we'll be okay when we're seeking his will. And okay may not mean what we think it does. It may not mean security or health or wealth as the world defines it. It merely means that whatever we have, be it plenty or nothing, be it pain or joy, be it health or illness, he will make us able to face it. That's what the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is really about. Facing, living with, and living through any circumstance. And God's will for the church is clear. Serve others. Sacrifice for them. Take risks when it means showing them his love. When the servants of the medieval church went out into plague-ridden Europe, it was not for their own pleasure. They weren't doing what they wanted to do. They were going out and risking their lives to serve those who needed it. Their top and perhaps only priority was to visit the sick and do what they could to relieve their suffering. They took great risks to themselves to accomplish this. Sometimes God protected them, and sometimes he didn't. But they went out knowing that if they lived, it was to serve another day. And if they died, it meant being with him. We hear amazing stories of missionaries who have seemingly superhuman immunities as they serve God in the bush. And just as many stories of missionaries who die or nearly die in that same service. We have stories of people overcoming all odds in service to him, and stories of people who give up the fight on earth and go on to reign in heaven. This is our reality, friends. Faith comes with risks. Sometimes the rewards are earthly, and other times they're heavenly. The question, though, is always this. Why are we taking the risks? Is it to serve him, to love others, to relieve their suffering, or... Is it for our own convenience and pleasure? I'm going to get pointed, and this is where I'm going to offend some of you, and I'm sorry if I cause offense. But if you have an emotional reaction to what I'm saying, please ask yourself why. Why are your emotions tangled up in the topic? I'm going to talk about why mine were and why I decided to reevaluate them. So if you're listening to this 
later, I'm, I'm recording it in um, September of 2021, uh, we're in a new height of the COVID pandemic. Infection rates are actually at an all-time high. Mask mandates are coming back. At the very least, suggestions from the CDC have certainly come down. Vaccines are available, but widely eschewed by the faith community. I'm not going to talk about all these details, about the safety of the vaccine or the effectiveness of masks. But what I am going to talk about is how the prevailing stance of the American church is affecting our ability to proclaim Christ. So let me tell you my personal story. When mask mandates started appearing in 2020, I honestly thought they were stupid. I went out looking for articles that debunked their effectiveness, and for reference, I found about one for every 100 saying they were effective. I avoided Maryland, where they were required, and did my shopping in West Virginia, where they weren't. I live on the border, so this is not really going very far out of my way. I would laugh about it, and I didn't care. I was convinced I was right, and frankly, I was convinced of it simply because I wanted it to be true. I did what I wanted. But then I saw a plea from a good friend of mine with immunodeficiency, a plea to think of other people, people like her, people who always have to live with this level of care, but who cannot even step foot outside now as long as other people are being so careless. This struck me. My stance was all about me, my convenience, my inclinations, what I wanted to do. My stance had nothing at all to do with my friend or the millions of people in similar situations. Ouch. I was not loving my neighbor. I was only loving myself. I was thinking about whether I got sick and, you know, determining that was worth the risk maybe. But I was not considering what would happen if I was responsible for getting someone else sick. For getting someone else sick to the point where they died, even. As of the time when I'm recording this, one out of 500 Americans has died of this pandemic. So don't tell me it's not serious. It is. And when that really hit me, that I could be responsible for someone's death, you know what? I decided that was not okay. So then came the hard questions. Why? Why had I been so determined that my want be right and their statistics be wrong? I didn't have a good answer. So I just asked God to give me eyes to see my neighbors and a heart to love them above my own discomfort or inconvenience. I tried to think about how I would feel if I was the one to pass COVID to someone who died from it, when I could have prevented it with a few simple steps. Now, I realized that this was a very simple way of loving my neighbor, protecting them from me, whether or not they were protecting themselves. Then last September, my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. This does not put him at a higher risk to catch any illness, but what it does mean is that any illness, even ones that healthy people can get over in three days, could land him in the hospital. So, you know, mama bear mode really kicked in, and I started noticing people's actions. And what I noticed saddened, frustrated, and angered me, that the world, those with no faith to speak of, were doing everything in their power to keep my child safe. But the church, who should be thinking first and foremost of others, were the last to do so, and only did it under duress. So many were where I'd been at the start, but they hadn't had that moment of conscience. 
Not all, of course. But when I opened social media or listened to quite a lot of my friends, that's what I was hearing. I was hearing about what they wanted, what risks they deemed acceptable to themselves, and even things about our rights as Americans. But you know what? The Bible does not guarantee our rights as Americans. And Christianity is not about protecting our rights. It's about protecting our souls and the souls of others. So why did my fellow Christians not demonstrate love for my son or for my friend or for the millions of people at a higher risk than them? Why were my fellow Christians chanting my rights above our love through Christ? Why were we more concerned with our convenience than in how it destroyed Christ in the eyes of the scared and hurting world? Because that's what has been happening. The world is afraid. They see a monster waiting to devour them. And they don't see us going out to fight it. When mask mandates changed to don't wear them if you're vaccinated, but keep wearing them if you aren't, it was Christians that I heard saying, how are they going to know? It's my risk. I'll take it. You know what? Everybody saw that. The world saw that and they were horrified because the world looked at it, looked at us, looked at the church and said, this isn't about the risk to you. This is about the risk you pose to everyone else. And they're not wrong. We're the ones supposed to be more concerned for them than ourselves. We're supposed to be the ones taking the risk to help that unbeliever, not to hurt them. The world should not look at us and see people willing to risk their lives for our comfort. They should look at us and see people willing to risk our lives for their soul. This isn't what I see when I look around at a lot of the church today. More importantly, it isn't what the world is seeing. I was not showing them I was a risk taker for Christ last year when I laughed and went looking for facts to back up what I wanted to be true. I was only showing them that I was selfish and didn't care whether I got them sick. That is something I regret, something of which I've repented, and something I work hard to avoid now. Now, I am not a fan of safetyism, which is a word coined to mean when we try so hard to protect people, especially our children, we actually hinder their emotional and mental growth and make them risk-averse. Uh, I will post a link in the show notes about the book that talks about this and the authors that coined the term. But there is a line. There are risks to take and risks we should avoid. The real trick is figuring out where the line is, right? That's why we shouldn't put our kids in a bubble, but we do teach them to wash their hands. Side note, did you know that the first doctor to ask people to wash their hands when they came into his ward was fired for his audacity? The hospital board thought he was infringing on the rights of the employees. How dare he? And this was a maternity ward. For reference, he noted that if he washed his hands before delivering a baby, the mortality rate went down by like 90%. Go figure. So common sense to us now, but at the time, they thought it was a matter of personal rights. This is why we don't say never get in a car or people die in car accidents. But we do wear seatbelts, which were also controversial when they were introduced. Doing those small actions doesn't mean we're faithless. It means we're smart and focused on true risk-taking. That's just safety, not safetyism. So where is the line in this situation? Well, frankly, that's what each of us has to decide. And certainly there are good, valid reasons to have avoided what's a risk to you or yours. I'd never say there isn't. The question I hope we all ask ourselves, though, is whether where we draw the line 
affects our ability to work for Christ. We know that the world is going to call us foolish. Absolutely foolish because our faith values eternal good above earthly good. But we do not want to be seen as the kind of foolish that results in harm for ourselves or others. The people call us fools for rushing to the rescue of dying souls when it means risking our lives, not for risking those souls for our own benefit. Here's the tricky part. It isn't just about our own opinion, not when it comes to serving others. How are they seeing your decisions? And how does that impact their view of Christianity? I want to be able to serve others. Therefore, I will do whatever I can to put them above me. This is the lesson I learned from seeing my friend trapped at home and suffering for more than a year. This is a lesson I learned sitting in the PICU of a children's hospital with my son and being told they would see us again because he would get sick and that's what happens. This is a lesson I learned when I looked out at the world and saw a church ruled by fear. Fear of government, fear of losing their rights, fear of losing power, fear that this vaccine being created was just a government ploy to control them. And I saw a world ruled by bitterness toward us for putting them at risk. I'm not afraid of sickness. I'm not afraid of death, for me. But I should not be the cause of it in others just because I'm stubborn and focused on what I want instead of what they need. This is the lesson I've learned through all of this. This is the journey I've taken from what I want to be true to how my opinions on what's true affect my ability to serve others for Christ. Your journey has probably been different. Maybe you arrived at different conclusions even. But in our house, our rule has become, we will not take risks with this disease just for our own entertainment, shopping, visiting, birthday parties, etc. But we will take risks where necessary to serve God and do what he's called us to do. We take what safety measures we can. We got the vaccine. We wear the masks. And we do what is possible to protect not only our son, but everyone else. Then we trust. We don't have to agree on our every stance on this stuff. But we do all have to ask ourselves the same questions. Is our stance about our concern for us or for them? Because if the risks we take are only for our own convenience and comfort, there is no glory in that in the eyes of God. Faith and risk are only aligned when they involve reaching others for him. Where do risk and faith meet? In service to God. And only in service to God. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Tees and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteesandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv podcast for other shows I know you'll love.